What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in. Asian bitches done under a podcast about sharing information and perspectives from the Asian diasporas in society and culture. We encourage you to subscribe to our show via Apple, Google, or Spotify. If you have enjoyed our episodes, please support us by giving us a five-star rating and get your friends on board to listen to us. Finally, we would love you to support this podcast by donating to our Buy Me a Coffee program. Your wonderful support and donations will help us to continue creating the platform for diversity and inclusivity. Make sure you check out the episode show notes for any collaborations we're working with to promote. Thanks again, and we hope you will enjoy today's episode. Hey, y'all! This is Jessie. Hi, this is Helen, and we are Asian bitches down under. Helen, you sound a bit like um, that. Um, flat. <laughs> yeah. I think it's um, Helen is um, Helen's mood is uh, kind of mirroring the 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 weather that we're getting here in um, Sydney. Yeah. And like all um, Asian bitches down under episodes, we begin by ranting about the weather, mm-hmm. whether it's like hot or cold or grey and rainy as it has been in the last week. And stormy. And the number of <laughs> stormy. It's been absolutely like I love this weather. I love hearing the rain. Um, mm-hmm. I love it when it thunders. It's just like it's the most kind of dramatic form of the response from the nature. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just excuse the uh, plane above my head. I am currently in Marrickville. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, uh, El Nino. That word I have heard countless times in the last week uh, alone. My friends and I have been talking about El the weather patterns. Nina, El Nina. Nina. Yeah. Oh, oh sorry. My bad. Yeah. See, see how advanced in uh, my reading about what's going on with the climate change and stuff. <laughs> Zero. Cli- <laughs> Ignorant. <laughs> Updates about uh, the past week. I have mm-hmm. been. I have two things I want to recommend and mention. But yep. uh, Helen, generally, how has the rainy weather been up for you up in the Central Coast? Okay, so up on the Central Coast, we've been having a lot of rain. And massive rain downfalls the past two three days, and a lot of places have been flooded. And sadly, we had someone die from the flood. We were just driving through the flood water last night, and couldn't get out of it. And he was oh my gosh in his car. And, oh my gosh, um, that's so fucking sad. Yeah, just hearing a lot of SES trucks driving up and down Pacific Highway, and also hearing a lot of sirens. Mm. Um, we're very lucky that because our house is up on a hill. So mm. apart from that, I am already know that we're going to get a lot of potholes after the rain because the roads on the Central Coast is just totally crap. They're terrible, mm. and the councils mm. are not fixing them, and we're having our rates increased. <laughs> yeah, it's just a whole mess coming up oh, in the next couple of months. Um, Vote yeah. for another mayor. <laughs> yeah, we'll try to. <laughs> The weather, I, I don't really particularly enjoy the weather, but I don't mind staying indoor. Yeah. But it's, it's a little bit difficult for my dogs because they're very active and we're trying to yeah. get them to, yeah, they're big as well, trying to get them to move around. Or otherwise, it's just, they don't mind just lie there the whole day. Yeah, and getting fat slowly. <laughs> yeah, getting fat It's so slowly. cute. <laughs> they're so fucking adorable. Every, so Helen is um, um, just think about the most. So everyone has these. Um, all our listeners can relate to this. Every single part, one of us has someone in their lives 
who is obsessed with dogs now just like times that person by a thousand and you have helen stenbeck she is obsessed with dogs and 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 how every every day i get um Dog memes. Yeah, just just like lying, lying on the floor, like looking sad and (laughs) sleeping. Yeah, I'm obsessed with my dogs and they're the best thing in the world, I think. Yeah, I I know you. Like, I don't really like Ricky Javeras, but I'm with him about his aspects around dogs. Like, they're the ultimately the best creature in the world. Yeah. Wow. Um, Wow, That's quite cool. (laughs) Um, So, you'd say dogs are your favorite thing in the world? Yes. I think yeah. my favorite thing in the world is books. Okay. Yeah, just it's a, it's a pretty boring thing to like, but so is liking dogs. Like everyone likes dogs. Yeah, everyone <laughs> likes dogs. Yeah. And just like everyone likes books. Actually, no, not everyone likes books. Unfortunately, mm. there are some sad ass people out there who never read. Books. They're probably the same people who doesn't like dogs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this week, uh, should I start first? about yeah, my tell cultural me what, consumptions. Yeah, 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 yeah go ahead. Okay, so I, I finally finished uh, Beastery by Kei Min Chen. I like the part where she really doesn't translate the words into English. Mm. Um, so I, I spoke briefly about this book a couple of weeks ago at the Lunar, start of Lunar New Year that I picked up because it's got a cover of Tiger. Mm-hmm. It's like a story about three generations of Chinese-American woman moving from Taiwan to U.S., and she sprinkled with a lot of mythical beastery, you know, like part human, part beast, mm. um, intertwined together. What I was saying that she doesn't translate a lot of words into English. Not a lot, you know, just some. Uh, there's literal phonetic nouns in Mandarin that mm-hmm. when you're reading through in reading the book, um, for example, ama agong, suan mei, zhong yi, even a whole even a whole like phrase feng shui bu hao. As in there's, what does that a, mean? Uh, there's a bad feng shui. Oh, feng shui right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She actually translated the term white terror into English because, I don't know, maybe bai se kongbu is yeah. a bit too long for people to yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, white yeah. terror is more familiar with people who understand the history of Taiwan. Yeah, um, and can you just give a brief um, outline of what White Terror was for those people who didn't? Oh, White Terror is like two to a the the day of uh, February twenty eighth, which is gonna come up again, where they had like a civil unrest in Taiwan between the civilians and the military in Taiwan, and there were a lot of people killed, and they had martial law for like couple uh, like decades long into yeah. like early eighties. Yeah. I think I was I was born in eighty one. I think the martial yeah. law didn't stop until like mid 80s. That was fully lifted. Yeah, so that was what happened. Um, a lot of people who are innocent who die through white terror, and they had a lot of people mm-hmm. that uh, kept under surveillance even years afterwards, and especially the journalists, because uh, a lot of media is trying to write about things. Um, essentially, it's what what's happening with CCP. Mm-hmm. I I can't stop myself bringing it up. It's you know they sub- spying on people, keep people intact of what their behaviors, trying not to have people the uproar yeah. about you know the government. Anyway, so that was white terror period in Taiwan. Uh, the book coming back to the book, I I feel like it was slightly hard to follow. The writing style oh, okay. is very daring, experimental. Um, you're getting the perspective from the three generations of women. It's full of queerness and it's very, very... I feel like it's very, very in-your-face gruesome wow. and graphic expressions of violence. And a lot of 
talk oh, I like about that. body fluid. There's poo, there's urine, there's sweat. I love that. Yeah. Sounds very much like kind of um, um Otessa Moshfeg. Yeah, I don't know what term that term means, but I guess so. Oh, it's a, it's a writer. She's a Okay, writer. okay, yeah. yeah. You should read her book. Okay. I think you'll love her. Uh-huh. All right, I'll give it a try. Uh, it's... Oh my God, I can't wait for you to read Otessa <laughs> Moshfeg. Go on. Yeah. It's very unconventional writing. Uh, so it's very eccentric. A lot of references of immigrant families' experience of moving places, parents working in uh, laboratories uh, job. There's also domestic violence, lack of economic stability, poor housing situations. But in every situation, Kamin Chen paints a layer of mythical creatures over it, like using a very surreal changes, I feel like in the mythical tales to somehow metaphorically present each uh, scene. Um, mm. I was reading a couple of reviews. Um, I found that M- one of the R- NPR's article wrote uh, very well in describing how she wrote about violence. Uh, I'm quoting here. The NPR uh, writer said that violence is not one-dimensional in history. Chen doesn't excuse it, especially when it takes place between family members, but she has her narratives contextualized in, in their stories, reaching back through memories dressed up with myths to find the beauty that coexists with her and trauma. So wow, con- that's beautiful. Yeah. That sounds amazing. My conclusion for this novel is like a combination of tragic and beauty. Yeah, so oh, highly recommend. Oh my god, I can't wait to read it. Yeah. It's just so this young. Like the, Bloody this, hell. Yeah, I was gonna say, is she like twenty one or something? She's twenty four. Twenty four. She's twenty four. Yeah, I watched one of the interview on YouTube. I'm like. She looks like a high school student. Oh my so God, young yeah. and talented. Yeah. I mean, it's like um, Vivian Pham, who I was mm. honoured to share yeah. the stage with yeah. last Coconut year at the Child. Cinemas. Yeah, Ch- Coconut Children. Yeah, and she's like friggin' yeah. like 20 or 21. And yeah. she's like a fucking genius. Mm-hmm. So um, moving on from Helen's excellent book to my um, reading literature consumption of the week Mm -hmm. now um, i came across this book it is called the weekend away by sarah alderson um actually in a kind of roundabout way so i am obsessed with are you still there yes i just got a phone call from my phone i just cancelled it (laughs) so i got a um i'm obsessed with uh, trailers and when i log on to youtube um, i always get kind of like um netflix trailers oh yeah and i have to say in the in the month of march there are so many fantastic things to look forward to Mm -hmm. um this one including uh it's called the weekend away by sarah alderson as i said um it's and i watched the trailer and it looked really great um it actually stars leighton meester i think is her name is which who who was um who played blair from um gossip girl like the original gossip girl in the mm-hmm. in the noughties and she um is this like woman who goes on a uh like a weekend away to a european country in the movie it's croatia but in the book it's lisbon in portugal mm-hmm. um with her best friend and then something happens and so like it just looks like such a great movie and then i learnt that it was based on a book published in 2020 okay and then so Very i went new. off and I um, read the book and this week and it is fantastic. It is so like it's a it's a kind of page turner. So it's not got the literary merit of what you 
had read this week, Helen. Okay, and it's so not it's usually like a plot is very yeah, exciting, thick. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so it's a plot-driven book. It's uh, a thriller. It's more like a, li- it's more like a kind of Gone Girl, um, and yeah. Girl on the Train kind of thriller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's not like known. I'm not saying it's not well written because it is very well written, but it's like not like you know you wouldn't call it literary fiction. Um, but it was so good. It was so great because I don't usually read these kind of books, mm. and what ends up happening to the character and to you know her best friend and what what ends up what you find out in the end um there's a murder you know mm-hmm. um it's just like so exciting like i remember finishing the book and i was like okay give me another thriller like yeah i just usually don't read thrillers so uh-huh. yeah yeah Thriller and then now i just mm-hmm. i can't wait to watch the movie it comes out April, uh, march 3rd oh exciting i know okay. yeah thriller is something that you either do it very well it captures your attention. Otherwise, mm. you're like, like, why am I bother watching yeah. this? You know, sometimes would, when you finish a movie, you're like, yeah. yeah. But Gone Girl was definitely oh, one of the so best. So good, yeah. I think, yeah. I want to be able to write a plot-driven book because, like, usually my approach to literature and is like very character-driven, and like mm-hmm. I kind of want to write a plot-driven book. That's what I hope to be working on in the yeah. future. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And um, did you want to... Helen is going to wait a week before she talks about Ali Wong so I can catch up <laughs> you with her. Yeah, have to catch up, yeah. But um, I, I, speaking of, like, kind of catching up with um, movies, I did watch uh, a couple of rom-coms by myself this week because it's my favourite okay. pastime in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I love most in my life in this world are books and rom-coms from the noughties. <laughs> And um, I have to say, like, I went back to watch one of my favorite rom-coms. It's called Something Borrowed, starring um, Kate Hudson who and Jennifer Goodwin. And actually, John Krasinski as, like, a beta male, which is just so strange because, like, he's such an alpha male now. Mm. Um, but um, Something Borrowed is also based on a book. I believe the writer's name is Emily Griffin. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, a sort of cheesy tri- love triangle situation where, like, the best friend, like the 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 narrator's best friend, is getting married to the woman, the the man who she loves, kind of uh, situation. Okay. And um, I have to say, like, you know how much I'm obsessed with You've Got Mail. You've Got Mail is my all-time favorite movie. Yeah. But um, something borrowed is really creeping its way up there to become my favorite. There's just something so soppy and cheesy and pathetic about the main character, and yet, and yet, I find myself relating to her. Oh, uh, okay. That's a humanity sh- of it, I guess. You should because- watch it. You should watch oh, okay. something borrowed. It's on Stan. Okay. I'll I just, I just, I remember, yeah, I, just, I remember that the, the the poster. I always remember the yeah. poster of the movie when you mentioned yeah. it, but I, yeah, I exactly. haven't really watched it. Yeah. I, I just like friggin' hate Kate Hudson so much. She's so fucking <laughs> annoying, and yet like she's so good in these roles of like being the ditzy blonde girl who supposedly has everything. Mm-hmm. Like she plays exactly the same character in. Um, Bride Wars, which is like one Mm -hmm. of my favorite movies of all time, just of how (laughs) absolutely horrible it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's so comforting because it's so predictable. Mm. Like I've seen it literally ten thousand times, and I love it. I just I love the predictability of it. Whenever that you said about rom coms in the nineties, I think my first one. I don't know why because I know that we watched a lot apart from um, while you were sleeping. That's one of our family's top one. Favorite, yeah. Um, another one will be My Best Friend's Wedding. Yeah, I love music. that movie. Oh. Yeah. 
That and because the, the ending of it, and because they've got a gay guy in it, how can you not love when you <laughs> the, the movie when there's a, yeah. a gay guy in the a, a Rupert yeah. Everett? Yeah, Rupert Everett. Yeah, Be- one of the best, the best actors ever. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, I Julia think my Roberts. best friend, my best friend's wedding will be probably one of my top one rom coms yeah. in the nineties. Well, um, my, one of my best friends, um, probably my favorite person in the world after Billy, um, is um. <laughs> George and she's getting married at the end of this year, and so I've compiled a list of rom coms we're going to watch together. Oh, nice! Yeah, and one of them is My Best Friend's Wedding, and also The Wedding Planner, starring Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez, Lopez yes. and Matthew McConaughey, which mm-hmm. Helen and I Do we saw want to at the cinemas. We went to see it. I think it was the first movie I went to see with Helen. <laughs> okay, I was like 15. Really, I can't really yeah. remember that. I cannot believe you don't remember. I feel hurt <laughs> that you don't remember. Okay, it will be nice to um, revisit that movie. Maybe I can come over and join you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Um, Do you want to mention that things that you were looking through this week? Yes. Uh, Um, So before we launch into Helen's um, exquisite explanation of the different kind of language mis- errors that we make between English and Mandarin and, and the tra- in translation in regards to our kind of food, mm-hmm. you know, Chinese foods and foods of immigrants. I am working on a book where one of the chapters is set in Taiwan. And mm-hmm. so yes. I haven't been to Taiwan since March of 2019. Mm-hmm. And it was such a romantic time for me. And it, I'm just trying to... Th- kind of capture the romance of Taipei because Taipei for those of you who haven't been and you know for the residents out there who have uh, will know it is such a exciting and buzzing city and there's Mm -hmm. always something there it's like this sort of consistently persistently throbbing electricity that runs through the city and every street you turn down every like small narrow alleyway it leads someplace like a little bar or a restaurant mm-hmm. or like a lobby da like or, or a street shop, vendor a street vendor it's, just like, it's yeah. just like endlessly fascinating seriously i just i i actually want to spend like a good year in taipei sometime in the near future Mm-hmm. hopefully um just to, because you know i mean it's not the city i'm from i'm from zhanghua helen's helen and i our family are from zhanghua yeah, the, which is the central part. which is like about three hours south of taipei mm-hmm. but i just want to write the scene a couple of scenes about the sort of exciting throbbing electricity that you feel when you're in taipei it's like mm-hmm. a very concrete it's a concrete city yeah. like everything every, th- every uh, when yeah, every time I open my mouth, actually, Helen, and talk about Taipei, I find myself using the words I would use to describe New York. Mm. Yeah, so... It's, yeah. And you know how I feel about New York. It's yeah, like I know. But I think place, Taipei yeah. has, has another element that... Well, I haven't never been New York, so I really cannot compare. But I think Taipei has an element that's... Uh, there's elements of very, very traditional... There's a lot of temples around, and you have you. It's only a short distance where you can go up onto the Yangmingshan, which is a mountain region. Mm-hmm. So it's all within very short distance that you can go to. Like if you feel it's really rural, and then there's places that's so modern that you don't feel like you're in an Asian city. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, that it's. 
it's a comfort it's a kind of con it's a city of contradiction and kind of like a mix of different um eras you're right because yes. there's like such yeah. old ancient temples um next to like a department store buildings that yeah. are so modern like 101 you know mm-hmm. yeah and because it was occupied the town was occupied by a japanese Oh, between 1895 yeah, to yeah, 1945. Yeah, yeah, late 1800s, yeah, into the 1940s. So there's a lot of aspects of the Japanese culture influence. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. Well. That's it, so, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So much, like, mixture of oh, cultures in yeah, Taiwan. Yeah, exactly. So in conclusion, Taipei is superior to New York City. <laughs> <laughs> we can all agree with that for now. Yeah, yeah. for now. Yeah. You know what I can suggest you to do? Watch... Yeah. Uh, Taiwanese Taiwan. dramas that's on oh. Netflix because some of them have a lot of scenes that's based in Taiwan that's great that's a good uh, idea sometimes I think the the recent years a lot of Taiwanese dramas have a mixture they're taking like they're making the experiment of taking scenes from Taiwan and also in US because they want to attract a newer group of audiences so mm-hmm. they're making stories that is overseas as well but they mm. do capture a lot of um essence that's in Taiwan so you know watch Chinese drama or Chinese movie then you will get a better idea of what you know what Taipei looks like in the past two years okay yeah that's a great idea thanks Helen yeah. fantastic advice okay so we'll with that we'll take a break and when we come back Helen tell us what you're going to talk about okay so this week I am going to explore the annoying <laughs> And also, uh, I wouldn't call it fascinating, but uh, it's just funny things that I picked up. Interesting things that I picked up about redundant words from the foreign terms. Oh, fantastic. Can't wait. Hi, everyone. We're back. So this week, um, what prompted me to look into this topic about the foreign food turns that it looks like they are redundant or even wrong is because um, I came across with this thread on Reddit of a member talking, asking why, you know, English users calling bao buns. It's essentially, if you translate it into Chinese, bao is just buns. So if you call it bao buns, you're literally saying that the thing is bun bun so you have a redundant <laughs> word of an extra well, if you even type yeah. bun buns into word, uh, Microsoft Word it will tell you that would you like to delete this one? <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. um, so you remind me of something that I read from Zoya Patel's book No Country Woman the chapter when cha is tea and cha tea is tea tea I love that um, chapter where she started sharing experience of language usage, the tug war between English and Hindi. You know, she feel embarrassed when she ages into her teenage years and found it harder to speak Hindi with when English becomes like a preferred, preferred language to express herself. I, I initially actually wanted to write a better language, but I thought that not English is not a better language. Mm-hmm. Um, so her quote is that, Sorry, language is as much a tool for expression as it it is a weapon of limitation depending on how it is used. Mm. Um, Zoya goes on to talk about the prejudice that her family has experienced in their daily lives. For example, the cashier speaking louder or slower, assuming they don't understand English. 
Yeah, and it's just the sense of Western imperialism, the superiority of English, and also she has been placed into ESL class when she's clearly a better English user than a lot of white kids. Yeah. Oh, um, she also experienced that people assume that the English proficiency equals intelligent, which yeah. is definitely not. Yeah, yeah. Um, she also said about that how she is constantly bemused by the way that Eng- Indian words are appropriated without any attempt to understand their true meanings. Mm. Um, so here she referenced another writer, uh, Nikesh Shikla's essay, Namaste, Namaste mm. where the author pointing out Namaste means hello and it has become a bastardized metaphor for spiritualism. <laughs> Oh my gosh. The writer satirized that the way white yoga aficionados like to whisper the word at the end of a session as if the tone is somehow sacred and connects them to a higher power. I mean, don't get me started on the whole kind of gross, um, (laughs) gross, I don't even know what to call it, sort of like um, appropriation of everything that is like... About it's like, yoga. Yeah. About yoga, yeah. I mean, I uh, my relationship to yoga is, is long. I've been doing it since I was, like, 19. Mm. So, like, more than 10 years. And, like, I think um, when I was doing it as a younger person, I kind of just did all the chanting and the oms and the mm. namaste and the putting your prayer palms together at the end. <clears throat> because, you know, when you're in the class, you just follow orders. Yeah. But, like, in the last... Were they all white instructors? Of course. Absolutely, mm, of course. See. Yeah. But I think once I grew a conscious consciousness, conscience, mm. which was like maybe three years ago when I started reading, um, I real, I just like really aggressively opt out of anything to do with that. Like anything that I don't understand the history of, I just don't do it. Mm. Um, I hate, I, I, I don't like any kind of white person bringing in any kind of spiritualism into the class. I, I just mm-hmm. go into yoga for the physical aspect of it and the yeah. actual calming movements. That's what mm-hmm. I like about it. Um, all of the other things I'd rather have, like I, I'd rather if I was really interested, I'd go to India and actually try and, um, understand it, the whole history of it, and mm-hmm. then yeah, yes. but um, but yeah, the the um, God, the namaste thing and everything really, it, <laughs> it gets me, it gets me, it gets me. Yeah, don't don't say anything too. you don't understand the actual history of, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, um, I am a hundred percent with you on that. Yeah. Okay, so this leads to the language usage from non-English language. Um, Zoya talks about her pet hate is seeing charity on the menu so cha is just tea so calling cha tea is really saying tea 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 <laughs> yeah so she writes that surely if you're using the word from another language it's worth learning to use them correctly the laziness w- with which the western world misuses borrowed indian words implies they uh, the discard it has for other cultures um mm. So my own interpretation of that kind of behavior is essentially white supremacy. Mm. You know, uh, oh, yeah. you know, white supremacy think that they're better than other cultures. So I'll just use it the way that I think it's appropriate. You know? Yeah, yeah. So for their own convenience. And another quote here, I thought that was just brilliant. She said that God forbid a migrant uses the wrong word in English while on Australian soil. But white people can happily order their TTs and bread breads, you know, the numb breads. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The order, and while I was typing 
bread bread to represent num bread. The autocorrect is trying to suggest me to delete the repeat word. <laughs> yeah, mm. and she goes on about how white people have the tendency of not learning the names、uh, that are non-English. You know, not checking their pronunciations, or simply we just try to make another name to replace their. You know the actual name. For example, she says that she experienced people trying to call her Zoe rather than Zoya. I was just thinking, geez, how lazy, how stupid you are. They, it's just a sense of superiority, you know, over other people's name. Right? You can just change it the way that you want. Yeah. Can I just buzz in there? Um, I I um muted my my um microphone because. A plane was going above my head.、Um, I know I hate it. I really hate. Are you it. I hate when you people use your microphone. Yeah, I am now.、Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate when people like kind of assume that your name is something. Like、mm. I've had so many people assume my name is Jessica. I'm like,、mm. what the fuck? Yeah, I just told、yeah. you it's Jessie. Yes. Don't、yeah. don't fucking like. Jessie, can you just、yeah. like? Can you just not make any assumptions and just like? It's just like basic human decency. If someone yeah, tells、exactly. you their name is Jessie, it's Jessie, mate. It's not、mm-hmm. Jessica. You know.、Mm-hmm. Kill me. So, from her point of view, which really not so much inspired me to think about the word, the term "bow buns" that's、mm. been you know throwing around、mm. in the last couple of years, becoming like a very popular food in the markets, and、yeah. we've seen、uh, a couple of restaurants or cafes as popping up selling bow buns.、Mm. Yeah. I just feel like it, it gets me because that's my pet hate. Because bow buns, not only that it's you're calling a bum buns, <laughs> it's not even the correct term for that food. Yeah. So if you go to a Chinese restaurant, it's actually called gua bao, gua bao, yeah, ge bao. You know,、yeah. we we call it gua bao or ge bao. Which way you read, which way you say it, it's either Mandarin or Chinese. It's gua、mm. bao or ge bao, <laughs> and. It really annoys me that、um, I think I probably have mentioned it before. Like my first encounter with white people owning a gua bao store was、mm. at Newcastle years ago. So it was in like an outdoor market、mm. and seeing the sign Bao Brothers, I was really intrigued <laughs> to see white people selling Asian food. And of、yeah. course, you always doubt their intention and like yeah. Appropriating or they appreciating the food? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what price are they charging? Are they charging more than the ones that we had in the Chinese restaurants? Yeah,、um, yeah. I was not surprised that the the store was extremely popular. The lines went all the way around the market area, and they were charging something like eight dollars for like a tiny gua bao. It's definitely smaller than the ones we had at Bao Dao. Oh gosh. Yeah, and. At that time, I thought that it wasn't really authentic at all because white people's taste is not like Asian who grew up、yeah. eating a lot of、um, fat pork belly. So if you're ca- coming from like a relatively well-sourced、um, family in Asia, we had a lot of like pork bellies.、Mm-hmm. But most, the most popular gua bao I saw that was sold at the Western entrepreneurs stores are either with fried chicken、mm. or mushroom <laughs> for the vegans. <laughs> <laughs> the vegetarians. <laughs> I I feel like I don't know. It's just like when I see white people eating gua bao in their native country, for example in Australia, that suited their taste bud. And then when they're traveling to say like Taiwan, and they can't stomach the real thing. <laughs> <sighs> Who knows, right? 
Yeah, who knows? But when I was living in Taiwan in my in my early twenties, I had came across with Caucasians. Um, I'm just gonna say out like Americans that was working with me that were working with me like teaching English, and told me that the thing that they were eating in Taiwan doesn't taste like the one they had at back、oh、in US. Oh my god! That is <laughs> so prefer, embarrassing. They prefer the one、oh、that were、boy. that they had in US. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So,、um, mm. I don't know. It's just like I, I know that a lot of Asian food that has been modernized, and a lot of chefs out there use the term fusion, kind of to disturb the traditional taste. I don't know if it's to fit the palates of the white people, or they're trying to be more creative, but. Yeah, it just to me. Actually, can、annoying. I jump? Yeah, can I jump in and say something? Um, I have noticed around、um, the inner west of Sydney. Um, you know, Char Time. Yes. The the you know bubble tea the place. The franchise.、Um, yeah. The yeah,、chain. they have a they have a very fucked up marketing strategy. Oh yeah, what is it? Yeah, well, like um, I just um, I'm actually gonna um, just like give me a second because、mm. um, gonna look because up because I I want to just look up exactly what they. What word they used,、um, and it, it's been very like jarring to see this.、Um, uh, I, I've seen the the latest posters,、uh, and they have like I can't actually just give me a second. I, I might time, ask you. Yeah,、uh, um, time. Okay, let me have a look. So I've been seeing some really. Fucked up marketing posters, images、mm-hmm. of、um, Char Time, and and what it is is like、um, they're posters of the bubble tea, and then next to the bubble tea they have like kind of weird looking hyper, not kinky but kind of like kooky. What's what's the word for like、um, strange, unconventional? Kish? No, no. It's a it's a word starting with、um, K word, that just kooky or kink? <laughs> not kink.、Um, it kind of means、um, cute, but it's not cute. What's the word starting with K? Well, it's like um. Oh my god, my brain, my brain is not working this morning. Kish, kink, kittenish, knowing. Kitch, kitch. That's it. How do you spell that yeah, word? Yeah, kitch. Uh, I, I, K, K, I, T, C, H. I think. Um, but okay, I found that word. Okay. okay. Um, it's like um, it's it looks a bit kitch, but basically it's like um, it has this. Um, one in particular that I find very insulting is like this kind of yellow Buddha-looking statue, right? And、mm-hmm. you know what the Buddha means to us, and it has the Buddha like sucking on a char time,、um, char time drink.、Um, drink, and then at the top it says the words read yeah, satisfy. Yeah, your yeah I've got that poster in front of me on my desk now. And it's just so, yeah. yeah, it's so fucking insulting because it's like, oh. Um, date an Asian、yeah. woman, like satisfy your strange, like try something outside of your norm. It's like it, it clearly、mm-hmm. is marketed towards、yeah. white people because it, like、um, yeah. to have bubble tea、yeah. is like strange, basically. Whereas like from where I come,、mm-hmm. where like bubble tea to me、yeah. is home. That is like the most normal thing for me. It's almost like、um, it's almost like going to a country, and then you have like、um, a poster that has like a white dude. In surfer gear, and he's drinking a beer, and it's like、um, the poster at the top says, "Satisfy your strange, like drink a beer." It's like that. It's、I、so fucking insulting. I think it's trying to.、Um, I don't know. I think it's trying to appeal to 
a certain group of people in the inner west suburbs. West, yeah, fucking fucking white people who think that it's like um, quote unquote yeah. like strange and to drink. Bubble I don't tea. like the word. I don't like the oh wording for sure, and I don't like the design at all. It just seems very uh, white. So, yeah. yeah. It's so yeah. fe- it's so fucking fetishizing. You're saying something right say now, something. yeah. Oh, I'm saying something right now, but it's just, it's like, just like saying it's that. So fucking um, insulting. Having bubble tea is unconventional and strange. It's strange. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know why they're trying to. It's quirky. It's quirky. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. you're trying to do, but it's definitely trying to fetishize. You know, this drink, saying that. Um, if you drink this drink, it makes you stand out or something like that. You're, yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. You're quirky. And also, this is what I found really annoying, that whenever, whenever a white person drinking a bubble tea, they feel like people think they're superior. It's like, oh, wow, you're drinking something that's not coffee or tea. You're drinking um, your taste palette shouldn't fit to uh, the boba or bubble, you know, the tapioca pills and they you know people would just it's almost like a white person speaking mandarin and everyone goes around and applaud for them (laughs) you know what i mean yeah but the other year that john cena was starting to talk about he was talking in chinese about how the spice was so good and you see all these comments down below saying that oh my god he speaks so you know he speaks fluent chinese he's so good you know the same goes for mark yeah um when he's trying to do a presentation was it in china or i don't know when he was talking in chinese and everyone's like applauding for him and we're like yeah what the hell i cannot fucking understand what he was saying When people's trying to fucking worship a white dude speaking a language that's not European language, it's almost like they're God. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and like I have to say when I I I, I fall for it. I do fall for it. Um I try not to, but like when I go back to Taiwan and I meet these white expats who speak Mandarin, I'm like, (laughs) dude. That is like t- such a turn on. It's such a turn on. Like it's very makes a like if you are kind of like if you are like a not a, the most attractive man in the world and you're white, fucking learn like Mandarin. You'll get any girl you want. Seriously, <laughs> it's so fucking hot, man. I know it's like not right to say yeah. that, but yeah. Anyway, we, it's fucked up. Yeah, that's white right. supremacy we took a turn again. From trying to correct the language usage. <sighs> To rant about a white dude speaking Chinese, to, Chinese to rant <laughs> Well, yeah. I just wanted to tag on to that. Um, our Twitter went a little crazy over this guy oh, who was yeah. a reporter, <laughs> yeah. a white reporter who was who was like um, being kind of celebrated switching all around six the world languages. for speaking like six, yeah six languages in one kind of um, um, tell. Uh, I guess he was reporting from the from Ukraine. Um, and I like I was like I could click on it or I could not, and I decided not to click on it because I was like I don't have time to like be in awe of another white guy because I'm constantly I've been educated to be mm. in awe of white men, and I'm like oh, yeah. I don't need it I don't need to expend any other energy of in my life to like celebrate a, a white guy. <laughs> but something <sighs> you know, just people would I, I guess 
it's a human nature that people will become surprised or excited by someone who does something that they couldn't do themselves. Like for example, speaking a language, you know, outside of the I wouldn't say outside of the norm, but then um, it's just not considered that something that's mainstream. You know, people consider that everyone speaks yeah. English is a norm, whereas English, yeah. if you see a white person speaking, say like. Uh, Vietnamese or maybe Japanese or Korean, yeah. and they will say like, "Oh wow, you you know this is amazing!" <laughs> like a fucking hell, I'm speaking Anna, English, Anna. <laughs> and I can speak two other languages. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's crazy. It's a crazy world we live in. Okay, so before we go, I just want to share that one of our listeners has sent us a message. It was really, really lovely. And, you know, mm-hmm. messages probably coming out from our listeners are the motivations for us to push ourselves to, to uh, continue to do podcast. So this is from Lena. She said that, Hi, Jesse and Helen. I just want to say thank you for all the work you do in creating the Asian Bitches Down Under podcast. They have been absolutely transform- transformative for me. It is so great to gain a wholesome understanding of the world from the point of views of people who share my racial upbringing and to be called out on my own problematic thinking is exactly what I needed. I have now I now have the dialogue that validates my thoughts, feelings and frustrations growing up uh, Asians in Australia and it is incredibly empowering and so important. Thank you. Um, such a lovely message. Thank you, Lena. Yeah. And this is what we want to do, you know. Um, I'm just going to cheat and <laughs> take this from what Kaimin Chan has said in one of her interviews. She said that something that she really wanted wants to do when you have a certain power is that you empower someone. And she took mm. it from Tony Morrison. Sorry, she took Morrison. it from Tony, Tony Morrison. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you have some power, you empower someone. And this is what we're trying to do on our podcast as well. You know, explore a lot of issues and ideas and unpack and also unlearn a, a lot of things that we were kind of brainwashed when we were younger. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm so, yeah, that's such a great message. Thank you so much to that listener. Okay, any final thoughts or any final words, Jess? Um, well, it's just, I cannot believe we're going into March. I don't know where <laughs> April, I don't know where February went. I feel like January stretched on for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And then February went just like passed me by. Mm. And now we're in March. Yeah, we'll be in March very soon. And hopefully the borders restriction of, of Taiwan will be lift soon and then... We can travel to Taiwan or, I don't know, maybe somewhere else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Taipei is my number one destination at the moment. um, Helen told me that um, if all goes well, um, we can fly back to Taiwan in June sometime without without quarantining. And I looked at tickets, Helen, the other day. Mm -hmm. That's how eager I am to go. So um, a direct flight will not... uh, take you to a uh, will cost you around two thousand five hundred dollars which yeah, i just like no yeah, way um so expensive. yeah it's so ridiculous and um and uh if you stop over for around three hours in singapore it'll cost you around nine hundred and fifty dollars mm. so that could be a possibility stop over in me. singapore nice yeah yeah and Singapore Airport is nice. Yes, it's brilliant. So, so big. Yeah. Yeah. It's a city of its own. <laughs> the airport's a city itself. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's the end of our episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple. Remember to give us a five star rating and leave your comments. See our updates on our socials and make sure that you share them with your friends to help us to extend the visibility of Asian bitches down under and continue the intersectionality of podcast industry. So that's it from us this week. We'll speak to you next time. Stay safe, everyone. Yeah, and don't get your words wrong when it comes to describing food <laughs> from other cultures. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.